last year, Elon Musk, he sucked you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to yet another episode of Stay By Plan. I'm feeling funky because I'm looking very nice. You know, there are those days that like you just wake up and be like, yeah, I'm really looking nice. But there are two people sitting beside me who are looking even nicer. Yeah. Okay. Wearing all black. <laughs> doing crazy stuff for the creative space in Ghana. Mm-hmm. If you don't know these two people, then I don't know for you. You are sleeping. You're actually sleeping. <laughs> we are graced and honored to have... Two let them, key let people. them introduce themselves. Let them introduce oh, themselves. Oh, I should mention their names. Okay, 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 okay. Let them okay. introduce themselves. Okay. Please introduce yourself. Ladies first. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Hi, first. I'm Therese. Um, but I also go as Ohema. Ohema. Hi, Therese. Welcome to Stay by Plan. Thank you. I've part. been a fan. Oh, my oh, God. Stop I was coming to, like, choose my own horn, but you've, you've done I've it for me. I've been a fan, so. so. Thank <laughs> you. I love that. Ah, my name is Bernard. What name? Kaffee. Everyone calls me Meister. That's yeah. the name that we want to hear. So, yeah, Meister. Meister Mind. So that's me. Um, and um, yeah, I'm also honored to be on this podcast. Yeah, I feel like, I feel important. So clean. <laughs> we so love clean. that. We love that. So yeah, you guys are co-founders of Brand Meister, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, ju- and now Jumbo Spaces. And now, and Jumbo, now Jumbo Spaces. Jumbo okay. Spaces. So tell us, like, what pushed you guys... To be like, you know what? Let's make a. Oh, first of all, describe um, Brandmeister. It's yeah. a creative agency, marketing agency. What's that? Are you gonna take that? <laughs> oh my god! All right. So, um, because it's my started to it, so she, ah, she so it's on your head. Yeah, yeah. So Brandmeister is. Uh, so it started off as a consultancy because um, we we realized that like there are a lot of people who were. Crafting solutions and creating ideas for businesses, but not with strategy. So we're like, okay, we need to be very strategic. We need to set up something that can provide strategic ideas that actually work, not like, hey, let's get a helicopter and do this and just do some fun stuff. But things that actually work, things that actually change the way people do things. So that's why we set up Brandmeister. And yeah, so it's a brand. I'll say it's a brand agency, but we end up doing everything in the marketing space from digital to um, below the line to above the line to events to whatever it is. And the reason why we end up doing all that is because when we go through a client's problem and we suggest a solution, it depends on how the solution goes. If it's Mm -hmm. a digital solution, then we end up executing. If it's a, it's a, BTO, which is like billboard or something like outside the, like in, out of home, mm. <laughs> then uh, we end up executing. So yeah, we, we realized that we ended up doing everything in the marketing space, but we position ourselves as a consultancy. Yeah. All right. 
different. Okay, that's very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> how many years have you been doing this? Um, you mean by my side? Yeah, just by my side. This is a fifth year, oh? No. Oh, going started twenty eight. Started twenty. Launched in twenty eighteen. That's when it launched. We were working yeah. before that, but right. Uh, so officially five years. Like about yeah. five, yeah, five years. Five but for years. me, I know it's longer. So sometimes I'm like. No, we gotta play those years when we were doing like little, little things. But when we launched, launched till now, like officially, it's five years. Mm -hmm. Wow. That feels like a quick five years because I feel like I kind of saw you guys when you came on on social media, of course. Yeah. Mm. And five years have flown by. That's crazy. I'm feeling Mm. old. You are old, (laughs) Zoom. You're actually old. Can I ask the kind of brand people I do? Ah. I have to ask Zoo now. Zoo is strict on me, oh, so I have, to be, I have to be careful the kind of things I say. Yeah, on the let's podcast. have a chat. Let's have a chat. So, what kind of brands have you worked for or with, brought them from the bottom to the top, or kept them at the top, whatever? I let the research down. Um, yeah. So, since 2018, we've been blessed and graced to have worked with a lot of Ghanaian and foreign brands. Bloom Bar okay. is one of our favorites. That one we started, like, from scratch with them, mm. um, you know, they were coming into the market, they wanted to do a cocktail bar. And at the time, nobody had a bar that was focused on cocktails. Yeah. Um, it was in top of Sun City, mm-hmm. it blew up and the second location came and the rest was history. Nice. Um, mm. Since then, we've worked with Jameson and actually just the partner Ricard brand. We've done campaigns with Coca-Cola, Malta Guinness, um, Matt Cosmetics. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, yeah, we even had, you know, we also had Live Wired, which was like the show that we kind of put together. Mm. Um, we were the ones that did Dutty Rave one and two. Well, what about three and four? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like you because the things I say in my head, you say them in real life. <laughs> That's one the, and you, two. Why did you run into that one? <laughs> you know what's funny? I knew, but I wanted to make sure the one and two was, was pretty straightforward. Okay. But yes, um, <laughs> we've worked, oh, yeah, we, yeah. honestly, we've been blessed. Like, what's the name, of, Bolt, that, what the name of that food brand? Um, oh, the. Honestly, we worked with so many brands. What we did in the mall. Oh, Emborg. Emborg. We yeah, did like an Emborg kitchen Mborg. activation. We worked for U, um, UN agencies. Uh, yeah. IOM, the migration one. Yeah, we worked um, with. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, only one I know of. The Verify. Yeah, Verify. Verify. That was our yes. yes. Our were, you second, second, were you on campus when we did that? Client. You were on when campus. We yeah. Let's have a quickie. Let's have a quickie. Yeah. That was that was fun. We they were <laughs> like, oh, we have a form. Yeah, I remember some app for um, STD checks or something. Wow, nice. Reproductive health. With my what? Your reproductive yes, health. Yes, ever since Tyson came on, like I've been up to date with everything. That was last week. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> but still. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, so we've been blessed like to have worked. With like a lot of brands in Ghana, honestly. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm just giving her ad lips. <laughs> would you say so? Would you, do you guys feel like if it's not for Brandmeister, the really? landscape, the marketing landscape in Ghana will be very different? Oh no no no! I mean, they are really really dope um, creative agencies too out there. I will never take that. That I'll never try and claim that. Um, we have our process. We have our process and. They to do some dope stuff. Like I see 
agencies do some stuff i'm like yo like i wish that was my that was my job yeah, you know what i mean yeah. but i also believe that like we've done things a bit differently because we go to clients sometimes they're like yo this is refreshing mm-hmm. i've had that so many times from people like i share my deck my solution they're like yo this is refreshing this is thorough because we do like lots of research mm-hmm. we take you from like the insights so we we have the tagline called uh, backed by data led by strategy mm. um, so like we use a lot of data and then that's what advises the strategy so sometimes when even we we receive the brief we have no idea how it's gonna like what we're eventually going to do like we do a lot of like brainstorming from the data that we receive and then by the time we're about to go to the client we're like yo look at how this thing transformed into this and sometimes so the reason why i say we do a lot of strategic work is that sometimes we we need time some of these things we want to like condition people and change the way they do things yeah. so we need like probably like three to six months yeah. to see a real impact mm-hmm. but some people come to us and want like quick quick One especially week. when it comes to brand stuff quick quick like you over overnight you want people to change the way they maybe mm-hmm. buy things or to just start buying your product when your product is something that probably just came into the market but yeah. we want to like gradually condition people like blue was a good example and yeah. i'm sure if you saw like months after the way nightlife even changed, the way people now start going out. Yeah. There were people who weren't even going out because they had either go to a nightclub or not. And they didn't, they weren't nightclub people, so they ended up just not going out at night. But now there are people who are still not nightclub people, but still go out at night every Friday because a lot of bars have replicated yeah. that whole That's thing right. of outdoor concept, have yeah. lights. People just knew that, okay, they could just set up a bar anywhere and then it would work. So. Yeah, and that was over time. Like, it took a while before it picked up. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Therese. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll come to... So, maybe you leave me, I'll talk. I'll come to fire you. Sorry, Therese. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, Therese, you, did you grow up... You didn't grow up in Ghana, did you? Why? Why would you say that? No, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why would he say that? Like, why? why? No, I, I didn't grow up in Ghana. So, you're in Ghana by choice. I am. <laughs> Are you, you, you're here, no, for, like, you're here when you're two. No? Okay, to you. No, remember. okay, no. Honestly, um, no, I didn't grow up in Ghana. I am here <laughs> by, by choice. choice. What, kind wow. of, yes. what kind of choice is this? <laughs> yeah. like, I want to understand because a lot of people in Ghana are trying. They are very to go. We're trying to jackpot. But you've decided to come here by choice and stay here. I want, I want to make here work, and mm. I think that's why working in branding and marketing was important to me, because um, in every country brands actually shape the culture Hmm. how we choose to dress eat who we become friends with is shaped by what we're watching the commercials everything like that and so i felt like all the you know honestly we can't control the government but we can at least control like what we do day to day and so the culture yeah it was the culture and that's what i wanted that's why i'm here (laughs) but yeah i mean my grandparents my mom my dad everyone's Ghanaian. yeah but i just wasn't born in ghana Yeah. yeah So do you feel like it's working? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's and it doesn't and I wish I could say it gets easier. We are staying by plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just I mean, five years is a long time. I mean, like like he said, when we officially decided to start agencies, like you can't do it from the US anymore. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know what? Let me try. So the five years of Brandmeister is also five years of me in Ghana. Yeah. And the last five years, I've learned that you know, you, you got to keep going because, 
you have no choice. Yeah. You know, you're, you have people that you got to take care of, um, people that are believing in you and you want to, and we don't do our work just for us. I think what was really important about, even though we started the agency because we saw something was missing, I started to realize the people we worked with, the people we worked for, were really impacted by what we were doing, mm -hmm. that I felt like it was like a responsibility to keep going on. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of what inspired that. But yeah, it hasn't been easy, you know? A lot of betrayals, a lot of like downs, ups. You make them start asking you questions. <laughs> he's, he's nervous, don't worry. You know? <laughs> no, I won't talk about it. I admire that though, because yeah. many people, I've seen a lot of people who came after one year, they said, Charlie, <laughs> the system is not working. I'm going back. I can't do this. So yeah, five years is a long time. So. But I definitely think that what um, works in this country is when people realize the power of collaborating. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we're in a very competitive, like, focused market. But when you have people that come together and say, let's make this work, the benefits will come. Mm -hmm. Then you start to see, like, that's the time when it gets a little bit comfortable. Yeah. I mean, even, like, with you and your team, like, what you guys are building with your podcast, I'm sure you're learning that as well. Yeah. Because 100%. in the beginning, it's like, you guys have an idea. Like, there's an idea, but you yeah. need people. Yeah. And I think that's what's made... People believe in a vision. Yeah, yeah, that's what's made this easier, is people. We have people with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know you have a lot, but okay. What, what has the culture shock been like? Like how systems, some systems, like basic things work <laughs> there. They don't work here. Like why is the transport? Let me, let me say, not transporting. I know like, I don't want to go into like anything crazy, but I will say that the way women have to like be forced to interact in certain spaces is what was a culture shock for me. Right. Like when I would go into meetings, like, even though I like they know that I'm running this company, they're ready to treat you like a secretary or like <laughs> act like you know I'll what you just this, said. Yeah. They're not talking to you directly. Like they're talking to, to everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you need to put that skit at this point. Yeah. Talk to me directly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like even my female employees, how they would react when yeah. an older person goes, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? You're working. Like yeah. why? You know, but I realize it's a part of the culture. Right. Why are you giving uh, up to give your seats? Why are you giving up to give your seat? Why are you giving up to give water? You're offering like, water. All those things. And, you yeah. know, me coming from America, I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And then some people might say that I'm being rude yeah. because to them, they're like, oh, I'm an older yeah. gentleman or I'm this and I'm that. And to me, I'm like, no, I don't want my female employees to feel like their boss didn't like stick up for them. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, the biggest culture shock was that like, or seeing people on the timeline and then you see them in person and the things they're saying and then you're supposed to just work with them and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Zoo, ask me a question that you want to ask. Last <laughs> 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 I don't know why everybody's laughing. I'm not even asking the question yet. Last right, year. Let's have it. Yeah, let's have it. Last year, Elon Musk, he sucked you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let's get into it. How do no, you have how to ask me about the table? That's yeah. And you, you have the table here. That's the you table. You have the table. <laughs> you come for a table, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Elon, Elon Musk, yeah, my bestie. <laughs> no, but that thing was um, maybe now. I know where to start from. Like, but it wasn't just me. It was yeah. it was like it was a business decision. Uh, we saw it coming, new owner, someone bought a business, he has to make it profitable. So he basically halved the company, literally, yeah. So 
it's nothing like based on it's not it's not an attack on my competence or anything. Yeah. No, no, like I was killing it. Everybody knows I was killing it. But yeah, we had we lost an opportunity. I don't even think it's me even losing the job, but like I feel like Ghana lost an opportunity or Africa lost an opportunity um to basically compete globally because mm. that was like a crack had opened and we had we had put our leg in, like by me joining the company and I was doing everything possible to make sure that I like, could carry everybody along, like verifying people, putting people on. Yeah, yeah, the day you're going to give the blue tick, that's the day you're <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like we were dragging, I was trying to drag everyone along, like yeah. making sure that like everything I was doing, putting people on, even getting vendors here to. I remember Black Sheriffs. Before, I'll give you an example. Uh, before I, I, did a, I did some content with Black Sheriff, um, and before that, Afrochella, Twitter had flew a team from from the US to come and just shoot regular content, like mm. videos of celebrities backstage. It flew like an eight-man team all the way from the US. I don't even want to go into the budgets of yeah. what that, like, well, you know, I'm sure you can guess. Yeah. And to me, it was mind-blowing, but I had to still, I had to fight and make a point that we can do it here. You need to engage local people. If you've hired us, then we should allow us to execute with our people. So I was so close to that. Like I eventually got a local person to shoot Black Sheriff's video. And that was like the, to me the beginning because they loved it so much. They're like, yo, let's do more. Let's so I was like ready to like put everybody on from vendors to celebrities to anybody at all that used Twitter or benefited from Twitter. I was ready to like carry everybody along, yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. So I mean, it got cut short along the way. But um, the the mission is still the same. It's still the same um, goal. But we we will find other channels to still carry people along. Like Jumbo. And that's why Jumbo. <laughs> like the moment like I came out of the job, I'm like, yeah, Jumbo was a dream. Like it needs to happen because mm. now I would have the power and. There's not going to be like any sale or anything that's going to prevent us from carrying everybody along. So, mm. yeah, it was, it was it basically, opened, I feel like Twitter opened my eyes mm. to, to the, to, yeah, the possibilities of connecting Africa to the world through creatives. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and even, I'm, I'm just like giving you props because we also, the work that you did at Twitter, I think the people, the verif verification thing became a whole thing. Yeah. But it, I think it was actually very necessary because, I mean, now, Verification is very different now than it was, <laughs> than it was back then. Yeah, but, yeah, it's eight dollars or something. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was very. We saw the use. We saw how important it was. We saw certain people getting verified when they should have been, you know, way before. Mm -hmm. But then we also saw you kind of getting like backlash when certain people go verified. <laughs> my, f my favorite one was, how do you have been to? Yeah, how do you need to go a blue tick? <laughs> So, so this is the thing, right? People didn't understand the criteria for getting verification. I mean, it was out there. All you have to do is Google it. Yeah. I was I was at work one day, and then I just got an email from someone from Ajabinto's team saying um, they want her to get verified. I'm, and the usual, I'm like, okay, can you provide? So, okay, the reason they wanted her to get verified, they showed me eight screenshots of different Ajabintos mm. online. And they said that people are using those handles to defraud people. So 
she's worried like yeah. it's a problem and this is why we that's this is why the like whole point of verification. yeah that's the whole point of verification so prevent vaccination and yeah. all that so i'm like okay this is like a good case to yeah. get verified mm-hmm. all i need is four articles of you in like in um, renowned media and uh, recent ones these people had like 14 like they mm-hmm. had a lot like Ghana web everywhere yeah. Taja Bita, Taja. even like google her you see so like who am i to say yeah oh. yeah i mean she is a creator like she is a creator she's creating content she's, she's doing videos on tiktok yeah. Yeah. and brands are working with her so if maybe people sitting on twitter feel like maybe they don't respect her yeah. so they would have the right to come and um, say anything yeah. say she doesn't deserve a blue tick i mean that's that, that's their problem yeah. but she's doing her thing like so yeah, yeah. I, I and and the thing is people people thought like i had like a button that i just I'm just pressing. <laughs> yeah, blue okay, take, you verify you. You take you like get no, 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 it doesn't work like that. Like I, all I have to do is let you apply. Then I send an email to say I vouch for this person, yeah. and they would accept it because I am I'm I'm an employee. I am I'm working from Africa, and yeah. I'm vouching for someone in my whatever yeah. in my space. So once I send that email, they would fast track it. So, I mean, it would have gone through the normal process, but the moment I send that email, you'll fast track it. That's why it could happen in like 30 minutes, 40 right. minutes. Like, you get what I mean? Yeah. So, why didn't you get a blue tick? Um, it was a company policy thing that okay. um, you don't want like a target on your neck. Uh, but I mean, I couldn't, I I was eventually like, a tar- when I say a target, I mean like people would know, they didn't want most people knowing that, oh, these people work at Twitter because the, the cases in like India and other places where, People show up at people's doors for different reasons right. because of Twitter. Yeah. yeah, they don't want someone like attacking you or even even targeting you for your devices or anything. So yeah. they just didn't want that thing on you. Like, yeah, when you are tweeted, everybody can see. And also, I never really pushed for it because it got to a point everyone in, in Twitter could tell that like I could not hide. Like everyone Af- like in Ghana knew that oh, that's a Twitter guy. So that reason didn't really matter. But so I mean, there was a time my boss said. Do you want a blue check mark? I'm like, no, no, I, I'm good. Like, it doesn't change. If I tweet, I'm still my star. Like, people still see right. That's so right. It still makes the impact supposed to make. So it's not necessary. The blue check okay. wasn't really necessary. And okay. it's a vanity thing to me. So, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't be bothered, to be honest. That's, that's I, I still want I'd have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> when they took everybody's phone, and yeah, I'd be yeah. there, oh, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. But like moving to Jumbo Spaces, what has been the process? Because the location is very, like, what's the word? Tantalizing. No, as in like it's a key location. Like prime. That's the word. Like it's a prime location. And the setup is nice. The place is nice. So obviously this isn't just a one day thing. It's something that took time we need to take that frame and put it on our page this place is nice yes. yeah. it's a prime location <laughs> it's a prime location yeah, yeah. so Therese if you could just like throw light on it what has the process been like making this a real tangible thing yeah um it kind of goes back to Brandmeister, right um so we started working with companies and in 2018 the first influencer campaign we did was with ogilvy and coca-cola and at the time they weren't doing full-on campaigns with influencers who weren't celebrities, like Mm. who they considered celebrities. 2018 wasn't an influencer year. And going to these brands and telling them, look, it's not about the followers. These people can create really good content. 
and we are using our name to vouch for them to say we know they can get your brand out there they almost didn't even want to pay like it was this whole thing but we said take a chance and the campaign went amazing that we started getting other brands saying hey can you also do influencer campaigns mm -hmm. one of the main things that was important to us was getting influencers paid what they were worth and um charging the brands <laughs> yeah so we would always say to call the influencers and be like okay what does it cost you to set up and even create this content they would tell us we would tell them what a reasonable price would be and we would go back and fight for that amount and we take a fee for finding the influencer but we never take from the influencer mm. um and so we kept doing that for years pandemic hits um we try to start a company called ripple <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what happened was, um, obviously, campaigns are all shut down. Now yeah. everybody wants influencers, we want to work with influencers. I'm sure you guys saw the infamous, like, Malta Guinness campaign, like, mm -hmm. with, you know, some people typing at their desk. Some of them went content. Those are some of Someone our influencers. Someone was typing in. Oh, this is influencer. What's her name? I don't even know what's her name. Oh, <laughs> see it's not, no, oh, no, no, man, no, but like it was just there was different mm -hmm. videos that went viral right. with some of these influencers. But some of these influencers weren't doing influencer campaigns. So some of it caused some controversy. Like, why is Malt giving these people? Actually, no, I don't think anybody realized in the beginning it was an ad. Okay, like, 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 like examples, someone was was on a treadmill and was drinking malt. malt. Mm -hmm. Like every now and then they'll stop and drink malt. Someone was typing and then we'll pick malt and then drink. And it, it just looked inauthentic. So yeah. I think yeah. people were saying that yeah. this doesn't look real. Like, like it, it, it looks like you're forcing the people to, right. to post. Yeah. So what we realized too was other people started creating um, like when we came out with Ripple and what we wanted to do, which is we wanted influencers to be able to tell how much their content is worth and how much they're worth. Because in Ghana, people will base it off of, mm, I know her. Yeah. Let's give her 500 cities. She'll be fine. Yeah. But that's not the value of the content. Like, you can't base it off of just because you know somebody yeah. and say, oh, 500 cities. No. <laughs> what if it takes, like, 500 just for them to transport to do all of your content? Like, another thousand to just even get a camera to do all of mm -hmm. that. You need to pay them properly. When we started that, other people started popping up with their tech as well. It became a bit overwhelming and we started focusing on South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria because Ghana started to feel like people were coming to us and um, it was just, it was starting to get complicated, right? They would reach out to the influencers privately and mm. try to beat yeah. down prices Sorry. and a number of other no, examples challenges. Are, let's say, they'll come to us, an agency will come to us and come and request influencers. So it's like they have their campaign they know we've done it really well with influencers, so they want us to they want to sublet the co the contracts right. so that we execute, and then they just collect the money and they pay us. And then they'll come to us, and then they will get. We will recommend because we had a tool that would we would, actually had the would, real tech would match influencer to like the interest. So if mm. it, if it's a drink brand, we can find you like the top influencers. That's basically will post and will give you the right traction for for the drink brand because sometimes you use an influencer who you think just has follow and that's a mistake a lot of people were doing yeah. they just say oh this person is famous i don't want to mention it but they'll let the person post um about probably food but the person 
It's fashion. Drives interest in probably fashion, yeah. yeah. And nothing is going to happen. Like, you're just going to see very weak responses. Yeah. But we had a tool that will basically score the internet per location, per interest, and tell you top five or top ten influencers that will do well for a Coke or a Fanta or a, what about this sweet chocolate or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then we will recommend those influencers to the agency. Now, these guys will now go... And eventually come up with the oh the campaign is not gonna happen again. And then they would go and contact the, the behind your back. Yeah. That's or sometimes so we would give cheap. even though some brands that we, we went all the way to the point where we even created the content. Yeah, and then everything. they went to DM all these guys who set them for dinner and then started engaging them and doing the exact thing that we said. Um, basically, it was a space that was not too protected. Like yeah. the end goal was for the app for the tech to do it by itself. I mean, I'll let Therese continue, no, sorry. No, no, I mean, but he's saying everything right. We realized that we lived in a country where influencers just weren't going to get a fair. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, when the agencies are always going to prioritize the clients, you guys will know, like, as creators, they're going to come to you and just say, oh, this is the last budget. This mm-hmm, is this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they won't tell you, like, what the real is. Yeah. So when we decided to put Ripple aside in Ghana, <laughs> and we we're still continuing with campaigns. MAC Cosmetics still wanted us to work in the country. And because I honestly feel like because MAC was outside the country, it, they, it allowed us to work with like um, Nadia, um, Kezia, um, I'm trying to even think of the names, all the women who've been able to work with us and they were paid pretty fairly, mm. um, even just for one video. Sometimes the team in South Africa would be surprised with the amounts of content that the influencers in Ghana were willing to give them. And that's what we want to tell the world, is that the creators here actually do provide value. Mm-hmm. Similar to what Bernard was saying on Twitter, if it wasn't for him pushing to say, we have our own videographers with high quality equipment, they make assumptions based off of their own perception of Africa. Yeah. And we realized that if we kept allowing ourselves to play in you know, the agency space and compete with other agencies, we weren't really assisting the creators the way we wanted to. Mm. So then when um, our lease was almost up and we were like, we don't want to be in this office anymore. It's very office-y. We used to do this thing called Future Fridays. And Bernard, you know, will bring in like his friends and Clay also like, you know, shout out to Clay the Mogul. Um, also bring his friends and people. Mm. We used to have artists, different people just <clears> in the place, just creating Sometimes um, people would say, oh, I need Wi-Fi. We'd say, come on by. And we were like, you know what? Imagine a space that we can do all these things yeah. where people can come and shoot. They can record. They can do whatever. And there's no barrier, right? We, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about how we found this place because honestly, <laughs> you saw what it looked like before. I don't. Yeah. I mean, we, like, aside that, the thing, the beautiful thing about this is that the idea evolved over time. Like, mm-hmm. first we said, okay, we just want creators in a space to work, like a studio. And then we're like, okay, what if they just, like I said, first that was for creative. Then now we're like, okay, what if they want to actually work, work? Like, we should find a way. Because people used to also just come and sit in our office. They don't work for us, but they're like, this is not internet because they have a relationship with me or the reads or claim. So um, we had encountered a workspace concept before. Our first office was in a space called Workshed. Spintex, mm-hmm. so like hot desking, co working. We're like, okay, we know what that model looks like, we have an idea what the creating concept would look like. So now we should find a way to merge it all together. 
Um, so we started looking for spaces. Like it was crazy. Like we would, we would you know, these agents, <laughs> agents in Accra will mm-hmm. take you in circles. Those sometimes some guys say, "Oh, this is nice housing. He's like going big house, whatever." He showed us the inside pictures. Okay, let's go. This guy took us like behind Trisaco, through what? some long, long. Like we're almost getting to Ashama. I swear to God. Like, <laughs> no, it was Ashama, but he just took it from the back. It was crazy. <laughs> I was so disappointed that day. I'm so sad. And then when we got there, I'm like, fine. It was a beautiful house, but like, you, how would you get there? Like, yeah. first of all, this created a lot of them. They're not. The pockets are not like heavy. Yeah. Like people just want a space that they can just. Maybe pick one or two trotters and they'll reach. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not that you go and pick trotters, go and stop somewhere crossroad, and take another one, take Okada, no, no, no. So <laughs> that was just like one of the very terrible experiences. But we were looking until we we chanced upon this place. When we saw this place, right? First, I saw it first. And then I'm like, there is, let's go and have a look at this place. And when we yeah, go here, yeah. I'm sure she thought, you know, there's a building in the front. I was like, wow. She thought I was talking about the one in the front. I'm like, no, it's this one. And this building was, <laughs> it wasn't painted. It was the roof inside, the roof inside was off. Mm. Like it was, I'll send you the picture. So you put it up, like, <laughs> like whilst you're, you're showing this, it mm. was, it was abandoned. There were, there was algae on the walls downstairs mm. because the pipes had sort of burst inside. Right. Um, it was just a mess. It was like, a, and there was some church parish in computer building. building. Um, it was chaotic. Like, even me, like, even though I could see the vision, I knew my pockets would not, like, will not make it happen. Like, so I was, we were, yeah, we I was not sure. Like, but I, I still could see the vision. Like, this is a spot. It is within view, but it's out of view. I don't know if you get what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's by the roadside, but you have to, just take a turn. You can easily right? miss the turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's there, yeah. It's, it's perfect for creatives. Like, yeah. easy to access, but we're not in your face. Like, we're doing our things so good. Yeah. And also, it had, like, so many rooms we had dreams for. Like, anyway, mm-hmm. so that's how Jumbo basically came to pass. When I told her, like, this is the spot. So, like, uh, uh. We basically spent almost six months in this space just with just... We moved Brandmeister office here. So, we set up one room. Brandmeister office, so we were working from here, and then, um, to prove the point that like this place can actually work, I started work on the music studio. Mm. And then, after we set up a music studio in another abandoned, messed up room, when like everyone now came to see that, ah, like it's so cozy, it's nice, like this place, gonna... and then like everybody now started like seeing the vision. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, by that time, Therese was sold on it, and everything, but like every other person that we're talking to trying to um, get to support us in one way or the other, didn't think like, are you people you sure? Like, yeah. who, even, who even patronized each other? Turn them into some apartments or something. Yeah. Like, we had a lot of that, like turn into an apartment yeah. or something. Like, I'm like, how many apartments are in our crowd? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I also feel like outside, like everyone's building for creatives, but Africa, people are still acting as if the creators are in the low hanging fruit yeah. and they don't realize that the amount of money value it is to actually contribute to that ecosystem. Um, and so, yeah, when we wanted to build Jumbo, like, I mean, I'll just say what Jumbo is essentially, right? It's a, it's a collective, you know, group of spaces in one place where you can do events, 
co-working, recording studio, podcasting, video, photography. Yeah, I, I call it a everything. one-stop shop. Yeah. And people will be laughing at me like, and eventually wanna those like, ads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like eventually we want to add funding opportunities and opportunities for people to yeah. actually like rent equipment and get access to certain creator um, brands. So, you know, we're in conversation with some of the big ones right now to just say, look, you know, we we have real creators here that are doing the hard work. We need you to come and support them like you support everyone else around the world. Mm. And we knew that we needed a space where they can actually come and meet them. Because you say it, you're like, oh, there's creators in Ghana. They're like, and you know what ends up happening because of Ghana is who you know. Yeah. So if somebody doesn't know you, what ends up happening is you don't you don't get that opportunity. And you, you know we see what happens with the year of the return. So many creatives, I feel like, kind of miss out not because of anything besides they don't know the people organizing, yeah, right? 100%. But they're doing amazing things in this country. And so we want to make sure that when people come to Jumbo, we're literally saying, hey, who do you know? Who do you know? Bring them here. Maybe like a YouTube is coming or TikTok is coming. Let's make sure we show them everyone. And so, yeah, we wanted like a home for that. And that's what we yeah. built. And how has it been like so far? Since I mean, you started? It's been, it's been like like three months. Be before yeah. we, before yeah. we even get into that, like, like one of the big things that we really want to do is to when you said give money like we want to give money to creatives or creators i always say this that like there there are more creators than equipment when i when i say, say that it's like there are a lot of people who are creating with their phones yeah they wish they could get a good camera like this or some lights at least or a ring even as simple as a ring light but they probably can't afford it and you and if you look right I don't know if you you guys own this equipment, but most people who come and shoot here or do anything here or anywhere else in Ghana, they rent, rent equipment. It, yeah. Yeah. You get what I mean? So our goal is like, we want to buy any kind of equipment you can think of mm. and then allow people to rent it at really discounted prices. Or just being a member, you can basically access the equipment and use it. That's yeah. it. And also fund projects. So people want to do documentaries. We want to be able to say, okay, how much a documentary? Okay, it costs ten thousand dollars. We should be able to give it to you, give you that money and find a way in which you can sort of pay Monetize, back, but yeah. not like not like hard, like yeah. or by even just doing some something, a battle with us or something like that. We're still trying to figure out an iron out how that would look like. But we want to give money to creators and we want creators to also have access to any kind of equipment there was a time before even the jumbo or shooting something for um apple um yeah and um i mean when i used to work with easy so shooting something for apple but for easy and we had to go <laughs> why are you laughing you, 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 you've given them the why are you laughing at something that's on my cv <laughs> so we went to we went to go rent um how do you call it a, a camera they said they wanted was it an Alexa? Mm. Yeah. And at that time, there's only one person that had it. It was mm. uh, Ramesh. You know Ramesh? Okay, Apex, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we had to go and rent it from Ramesh. And even you had to rent the camera with I'm an friend. assistant. Mm. Like to all your costs, you have to make sure that like we flew to Kumasi that day. We bought a flight for the guy. Yeah, because he has to watch the camera. Everything. Like, yeah, he has to manage. You know, you can't touch it. Like, yeah. you just tell him how you want to, he will do it for you. Mm. Now, we should be able to have that here. Yeah. I sh like, someone should want to do a documentary and 
because it was super i don't even want to talk about the price it was super expensive right to rent that camera and i mean it was apple budget so i was good but a regular person might want some kind of quality because maybe they're going to netflix netflix they're going to pitch to netflix or they are trying to do something that will win them some film award somewhere in france or something and they should be able to just come to jambo and be a member and then have access to an alexa and shoot yeah without having to break an arm and a, and a leg you get what i mean yeah, yeah. so yeah, so that's a dream like that's the vision i mean when i think about you guys like what was it like starting your podcast like in a way like hmm. i'm sure you guys <laughs> so don't do that <laughs> don't do that this is this divesting the question no, no, but answer, Joe. It's, it's a good question. It's a good question. I think it's. Oh, it's been it's been tough, but I think we've had like a very good support system. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ellis, um, Senabaita, um, Nams, Nikita. Like the names are too many, but I just think for us, the good thing was that when we started, there were a few people that believed in the dream and ran with it yeah. much quicker than um, we envisioned. Mm-hmm. But then, for the most part, it has been straight now. I remember when we started. You don't have a sponsor yet? No. We have like some that come and go, but. Not like someone. You said that when you started. When we started, there were times where. I remember there was this one episode that's. um, Like, I'll set up the camera and I'll like press record and come and sit down. I said, no, let me go and check. Watch it back. My head is cut off. (laughs) So I have to like reposition. So, like, I think our biggest resource is the people that we work with. Yeah. You know. Because they are smiling. But yeah, without you guys, of course, like, we wouldn't be able to do it. So, yeah. And then, of course, we were lucky, you know, to have, like, some equipment and then also work with people who also have some other equipment. So, we can, like, put stuff together. But like you're saying, most people don't. What we have, most people don't have it. Yeah. You know, so every time I think about it, that this what we do, is almost impossible for the average Ghanaian. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. And the, the idea is to have this, <clears throat> these kind of spaces to mm-hmm. make the barrier to entering like that kind of creative space a lot easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why when we said we wanted to do the space, it's not just about having the space. We said the funding because we know money is important. Yeah. A lot of people fund a lot of tech stuff, and when you look at the tech community, they have somebody always teaching people, ready to give a computer, ready to do this. But when creatives come out to say they need something, some people are like, is that really important? Yeah. Yeah. Can that really make you money? It's because they don't know that people are making money. When you see Kabi Lame, oh, he didn't say yeah, one word. Yeah. He's making millions. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, Majimbo? Eating yeah. chips in her bed. Yeah. <laughs> the people are making money and they, they don't realize that a lot of the problems we're trying to solve in the country can be solved through creatives and assisting to the creative economy. Um, and that's why we want to build Jumbo across Africa and then eventually to the world. We have partners in the US ready for us to work on Jumbo there. We have partners in the UK. Um, we're looking at South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya as our Rwanda, next location. Yeah, Rwanda and Uganda as well as our next location. We have big dreams, but no money in the pocket. <laughs> but then we have people who have been like, you know what, we see what you're doing, we see the vision. And because the outside the country people understand what we're trying to do, yeah we are literally like hearing more people say, okay, how can we help? How can we support? And we want to make sure that when that support starts in Ghana, this is our home, you know, Mm -hmm. we start here and we want to make sure that, 
you know, creators like you guys. Yeah, I was about to say, tell them that you know some podcasts. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Always. They, always. They need some money, so they always. Need money. always. <laughs> some equipment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, even teaching some of the creators here how to apply for things outside the country. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, too, you might, you might not realize how much of a good job you're doing that you can actually get grants opportunities yeah. or even just be sent to like you know south by southwest or like any kind of conferences there's a lot of things that you know could be open as long as you guys know who to talk to we don't right? know exactly <laughs> yeah, we don't know so please help us don't worry and that's what we want a jumbo to be and not to be in a cliche way people ask us so why what are you doing this for our work has literally been this yeah sometimes when you know we're doing an agency you want so bad to make it about yourself and the money and there's so much money we probably could be making to just be like let's mind our business yeah but i also think you know coming from like where i'm from i know the biggest impact is made with time Mm -hmm. um same thing for like what he said like everything takes time and i know that it'll pay off when all of you guys become you know big big time you know celebrities and (laughs) in in u.s movies uk movies i know that you know one day be like oh can you come to my movie premiere See, this is why I did it. <laughs> I'll fight you out. Don't worry, I'll fight yeah, you out. They'll be at the Grammys with their setup. Right. And you know, Afrobeats is and that's why like when you see things like Afrobeats coming out, people are looking because yeah. as the world is evolving, creatives are the ones pushing it. We can talk about tech. I don't want to put anything against the tech companies or anything like that, but I do think you can't evolve like Africa without creatives. Our stories need to be told. Like we need to actually put money where can it can actually go to the world because the internet is small. Yeah. And imagine when people like are supporting Africans here, we now can use that money to take care of our families, mm. um, change lives and do a lot more. And that's the kind of thing that we want yeah. here. We want to eventually start, like you said, it's only been three months. Yeah. It feels longer since we've been here. Yeah, but yeah, actually same from, from the outside, it feels way longer. Yeah, yeah, but we want to be able to say, hey, look, we know YouTube is coming into town. Are you guys available? Let's yeah. have a conversation with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that's happening yeah. right now. It's happening for like agencies. Yeah. But agencies too, we all have our, we, we have our agenda, yeah. Yeah, you know, but Works. imagine someone actually being an advocate for creatives and mm-hmm. that's what we're looking to like fully accomplish. Yeah. And I want to ask like a um, controversial question. <laughs> it's not about your life. That one is coming, but not that one. <laughs> So I mean, I'm ready. I was born ready for any question. You guys have had the opportunity to work with creatives across Africa and yeah. even the world. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ghanaian creatives are very like overly competitive in a way that doesn't even make sense? Like they've called Zoo to do, let's say, a stay by plan ad. They've called me to do a stay by plan ad, and you know how like the creatives can be weird. Like we're our own enemies because I know that they are giving me five k and they are giving Zoo two k, and I know Zoo has more value than me. But then I'll just keep quiet and like mind my own business. But imagine if I'm like, yo, Zoo deserves 5K. And he, Zoo deserves more than 5K, for example, and they give him 10K. Like the next time I'm definitely going to get like 8K mm-hmm. because my value is like just, like, yeah. you get what I'm saying? But then there's this competitive, like, oh, oh, I don't know. But like, oh yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, they called you. Oh, like, you know what, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is, it, yeah. is it unique to Ghana or is it just a thing across? I'll let you handle that. <laughs> She works directly with creators. So technically, it is a thing across. Right. Um, there already is a gap in the influencer marketing industry around the world. But if I am going to come and target Ghana, 
when we say Ghana, we're really saying Accra. Yeah. Accra is yeah. like very small. If there's like, let's say a hundred people, a hundred thousand people in Ghana, Accra might be maybe has 20,000 of them, yeah. which means the brands who, everyone who works for them, people who are giving the money are all in one small place. All the influencers in Accra benefit the most. And so what ends up happening is, unfortunately, the brands, the agencies, everyone that works is, will we'll get more value to have you guys not want to tell anyone else that yeah. you're making more money. Yeah. Um, they might even one day tell someone to say, oh, she took less, Yeah. you know, and you're not going to go ask her. Um, and that's what they benefit from. And that's kind of what we were saying is we were advocating for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we're only one and there's 10, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, I do wish that more creatives in Ghana realized that they would do better working together and it was a transparency thing because some of them are taking lowball offers mm-hmm. that you don't even know. You know, like you'll think they're not, they're yeah. getting paid, but they're not. Yeah. Um, and they don't realize that it hurts even more because later on, all the companies who promise to pay you more later, they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think it's a culture thing or is it a specific Ghana industry thing? I think it's a culture thing. I think people still don't understand influencing. Yeah. They a lot of people sit back I and think they, the influencers even themselves. the influencers don't yeah. believe I should. They I don't think a lot of them when when you give them money when I give when I put certain money money in front of influencers they're almost like, are you sure you know like <laughs> yeah and that's when you know that they're not just being given what they're worth yeah. yeah it's 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 unfortunate because it's Ghana. And like I said in the beginning, people are going to base it off of mm, Zeus. I, I like Zeus content, but it's not as, I don't like it as much as like Afi's content. Like, and that's not, that's not influence. Yeah. Real influence is I know what to give Afi. I know what to give Zeus. Yeah. And wow, look at all these people coming like from this. Yeah. And when you find out later, when people like, when I saw somebody was saying hi, back to hi, Javintu. She was saying something about how she was able to buy her car with her content. And people were like, they don't believe it. And yeah, I'm like... I believe it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, someone that's a TikTok influencer right yeah. now that has, Check. I think, almost a million or so. I think more than a million followers. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't... Like, they don't understand how you guys are making money. And it becomes one of those things where the adults are looking at the children like, ah, this can't be real money. Yeah. You're doing and something shady Exactly. Sure. And that's what we're trying to change, too, at Jumbo. Like... People really don't understand how you guys are making enough money. They're going to work every day. Yeah. They're, you know, doing their nine to five or they're doing other things and they're saying, hey, you know, I'm yeah. working hard to make money. And you guys, to them, it's like, ah, you're just sitting there talking, talking and laughing. Talking and laughing, <laughs> and they're giving you how much? Yeah. How much money? Hey. Yeah. Like to them, it's like they don't, it's it's to be honest, it's a lack of respect. Yeah. Um, in the in the industry and in the field. And it's unfortunate. And that's what I'm really hoping it'll change because it'll just benefit the whole world yeah. to have that. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So, um, moving forward, what you what you guys? I mean, obviously, you've spoken about Jumbo, but beyond Jumbo, do you have any plans for Ghana's creator economy? I mean, the rental thing is a big deal for us. Mm. The fund thing too is a big deal for us. Mm. Um, and, and then also to expand into other African countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the whole goal of Africa to the world for us is it's not just being stuck here in, in Ghana. Like, like she said it, like Ghana, 
a lot of it is def- when it comes to the creator economy, a lot of it is defined by the capital. Like I'm not saying there are no creators in Kumasi and all that, all those other places, but <clears throat> digitally, when you even check the stats on who to you and stuff, a lot of action happens in Accra, and Accra is very small. Yeah. So what impacts like the impact is very little. So we need to find a way where there should be collaborations between all your top creators here and creators in Nigeria, or top creators and creators in Nairobi, top creators and creators in um, South Africa. It should be something that could be done very easily. Mm-hmm. That's the goal of Jumbo. To, like, there should be, we want more Jumbo spaces in different places in Africa so that like we can easily do like collaborations, podcasts, all kinds of things, mm-hmm. even working, like going to just sit and meet people, connecting with them, collaborating with them. Um, and creating with them so that's that's the goal just global domination but from africa to the world yeah 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 do you have anything to add to that no i feel like he's kind of said it all she added something. She said, yeah 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 no i mean i feel like he's said it all yeah. um we want like let's say state by plan to be in south africa me know, i wanted like to kenya yeah. wherever and that costs money right yeah. Um, but imagine a brand flying you out there. We want Ghanaian creatives to realize that their content can go beyond Ghana. Yeah, their your, numbers already do. Your so. audience should even change. Like you should look at your, your the people viewing or ch- what listening to your podcast, and you should see maybe more Kenyans than even Ghanaians, mm-hmm. or like places that are popular, so like um, Nigeria. Nigeria. You should see yeah. more Nigerians probably listening, yeah. and then that should even drive a shift in who you get onto the show. Yeah. You get what I mean? Because Accra is very small and I don't want to even delve into our music. Like I see a lot of debates online about the oh Ghanaian and Nigerian artists and like everybody's doing their best. But it's a numbers game. Always. If you are a business person working a label yeah. and you want to invest in music in Africa, what are you gonna look at? Numbers. And if a country that's two hundred million has a hit song you understand? Do you, do, you, do you know the impact of the streams on that? Like, mm-hmm. not just even the 200 million people there, but the people in the diaspora. Like, Nigerians are a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one hit song in Nigeria obviously gets the interest of a label who wants to now invest and will listen to them. Like, to, if if a local artist from Ghana and local artist from Nigeria sent their songs with their data to, to a label head desk, mm-hmm. You look at the numbers first. Don't even look at who they are. It's not even a personal thing. They don't care. It's like yeah. it's the numbers. Yeah. When they look at the numbers, they'll come and invest in that. So I don't want to say they'll always have an upper hand. We might influence them whichever way possible, like through a high life from time. But they would, and the same with creators, like podcasts, stuff like that. You should. I sit with Sheldon sometimes, and I tell him like, "Yo, like it's time. Like find a way to start creating, going out there to maybe Nigeria." You have the numbers. So if you go to Nigeria and say, look at my numbers, I want to interview you in Nigeria. Before you know it, you start getting a large Nigerian audience. Yeah. And then it starts shifting. And before you know it, like you're taking over Africa. Look at Odemaya. Yeah. Odemaya has so much following from all over Africa because he moves around. Yeah. You understand? So even though he has a lot of Ghanaian, whatever, the reason his numbers are so many is because it's not just Ghanaians looking at his content. You understand? But sometimes it's not our fault. Like, we're comfortable. We're used to having engagement from here, but we need to brave it and say, you know what, it might cost me some money or something, but one interview with maybe a creator or someone 
in maybe Nairobi can yeah. change your audience drastically, or yes. even in Nigeria. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Before this conversation gets into a different <laughs> debate, no, but that's, even, even, that's what I'm saying. Even, I mean, you were using the music analogy, so just to wrap this up in, like, let's say 10 minutes, I can tell that you are... Well, I'm enjoying this thing so much, I don't want to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it we up, have, nigga. We have more off-camera, but yeah, we can tell that you really like music, right? Me? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's flowing the, the veins. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, you said you've, you've built a studio, it's downstairs, very lovely place. And you've worked in the music. Master music. Yeah, you've worked <laughs> in the music space. We even tried out the studio like a few yeah. with this song one or two. Yeah. I, I, I know. We're releasing yeah, that yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. let me know. Produce a song. We'll come and release yeah. it. So yeah, you've worked in the music industry before as a I don't know, should I call it as a talent manager? Oh, so what just would you get call it? Oh, everything you know, like everything. I've done everything so in that space. Uh, so at that time do you feel like you were the backbone mm-hmm. of the said artists? Oh, you can oh, mention you can names. Your name. oh, oh, okay. okay. With your so, chest, you why, can say it. Why, with your chest. Don't you, be shy. Maybe, maybe ten like years. It's a, it's a sacred thing to talk about. Ago? About ten years ago. No. No, it started. It started in, um, geez, like twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Like Bankula. So it started in twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah but ends. like official working relationship ended like twenty twenty eighteen. After end of 2018, end of 2018, yeah. So just for people who don't know, <laughs> he was working with Mr. Easy as a manager. Please tell Everything. us, just tell us what happened. Why are you not? No, no, so why aren't you still? Why are you not working with him, him anymore? Oh no, I mean it's growth. Like people get to a point in their lives. It's 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 normal for people to not um, see eye to eye or not align at a mm. point. If you if you're working with someone, you don't al- and you don't have conflicts. You're not growing. Yeah. It's Aww. very it's very normal. Like <laughs> so you'll be having a do, do you know the conflicts? Do you know the conflicts that Theresa and I have? Yeah. To the point that like she wants to head her own company. I also want to head my own company. Like, mm-hmm. but she's opposite of me, and that's why we've come this far. I have a different personality, she has a completely different personality. So it's a lot of friction. But at the end of the day, if I don't have her, I we won't I won't move forward. I won't yeah. move. If she also doesn't have me, she won't move forward. Yeah. Um and I think when it when it comes to easy, like I think we are very similar personalities, very similar. He's a boss, I'm a boss. Everybody has their ideas. At the point when I was engaged, like when I said he's my first my friend, I was trying to help to blow. And that's just all I was trying to do, like see my nigga blow. That's it. Yeah. So at that point, I had expertise in something. He had expertise in something else. So, and I was like, oh, the marketing guru and everything. I feel like he kind of outgrew me. And it's fair to say, in, in some sense, like he kind of outgrew me and he wanted to see more. So yeah, it was okay at that point. I think it was perfect timing for everybody to part ways. Mm. And then like, if, if, if that didn't happen, I won't have Jambo, I won't have Brandmeister, I won't work at Twitter. I won't do all the amazing things I did in mm. that period. So yeah, it was, it was a, a moment of growth for me, yeah. Moment of growth, yeah. So there's like no bad blood. You guys are like chilled. You guys text each other every. Oh every no, no, month. I've not, I've not, I've not heard from him in like since that moment. But I mean, he's he's in the beginning, like he used to try to reach out, and I think I was just in school. I was doing my masters. I was too busy. Mm-hmm. But we we don't really like engage with each other, like. But I like obviously like I I'm, I'm not walking around with like like I I don't like him or anything no 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 like I listen to his music it's in my playlist like because yeah. the perception yeah. out there is kind of like oh he got to a level and he just dumped you and I was like oh 
Brother, no, 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 no. I, I can't. I can't be damned. I can't Amen. be damned. Only, only cannot maybe. be damned. Okay. That's why we have. Damned. That's why we have. I was on a different um, trajectory. He was also moving a different direction, and we all just said, you know what? Like it's, we've done it to this point, so it's time everybody just mm. move on. Yeah. I mean, he now made his own song. My life changed. I said, change my squad. Bad energy, be whatever he's saying, that's also how I feel. Do you understand? Yeah. So, me too, I changed the people around me at a point, right? Because it was bad energy. So, if that's what he's saying, that's also how I feel. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But people have had their own experiences with him. Yeah. At the point that I was working with him, we were amazing, like, right? Until I realized that it's time, like, it's yeah. time for me to move. I mean, when I sense that thing, I'd, I'd just yeah. take off, but anyway, yeah, good answer. You are ready yeah. to be a president. No, but you should no. be anyway. Because yeah. that's very well with these answers. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but, but no, no beef. Like I've grown past it, like completely. Like, yeah. I mean it's, it's normal for like so I'll, I'll, I'll say this, right? Like, even for example, Twitter, when I had like when I had to leave, right? You realize that the job you do defines becomes you at yeah. a point. Like yeah. I still get people messaging me like last week. Last week, team messaged me or called me and said, "Oh, his Twitter is off." And I'm like, "Mister guys, <laughs> did you not read the like, news?" Or even, or even when I see something happening online, and someone is in crazy trouble with their account, my first instinct is, "Let me help." Yeah. Yeah, and I realize I don't have the tools anymore. So it defines you to a point that like it becomes part of you. Yeah, 100%. like, like I still use the number I was using for bookings when they used to call easy to book him yeah. i still use it up yeah. to now so you can imagine like parting ways and then still for like over a year people, people still, still call, call you even the same one of one of five people have called my phone mm. i think even last week jerry called me about empower like you, you know what i mean like i still get calls from it like yeah but you, you what i'm what i'm driving at is that in the beginning it's tough because you're trying to make a decision that will shape the new tangents in your life. And then you're still being cut, sort of like roped into, yeah. into this. Or so people are, are still defining you as that person, probably haven't heard that you and that person doesn't work anymore. So yeah. they're still engaging you. Or someone will even invite you for a meeting for something. Then when you read it, you realize that the meeting had nothing to do with you, but it has something to do with that yeah. old whatever. And it's hard. At that point, yeah, it is hard. And um, it's, it's, it's not easy on the mind. but. Mm. Like, I feel like I've been in such a completely different place now that, like, no, no, like, uh, I'll even, I'll even recommend gigs to him if I have the opportunity. I play his music. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's not, not yeah. a big deal. Okay. I respect yeah. that. Some so, people wouldn't do that. So. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe if you interviewed me in 2018 or 2019, <laughs> that's when this podcast would have been lit. <laughs> But the one thing is that at that time too, I wasn't ready to talk about it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, now I freely talk about it. It's yeah. not a big deal. That's cool. So before I wrap up, I have to ask my favorite question. I know um, Bernard is like a family guy. Like you have a family. Family guy. I watch family right. guy. So, yeah, right? <laughs> um, and Therese, you have like siblings and like you're the oldest. Yes, I Googled you and stuff. Yeah, so like you have, you guys basically have people. They're five, who, okay, that doesn't work it. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> you have people who look up <laughs> to you, right? <laughs> and you are in a very, I'll say, uncharted field in Ghana. Like there is be plenty. Yes. Like people, Somewhere. they look up to you, they do this cha-cha. Like what is the, 
support, like especially from your side, like you have a wife who's like, hey, Charlie, are you going to use the money that we just need to go and do thousands yeah. of those faces? You know, like what has it been like before you wrap up? I, I like to be like in the beginning, and a lot of people do this. They get on entrepreneurs get on these things, and then they act like, oh, it's perseverance, it's determination, it's hard work, it's this. It's hard. It's it's. Can I swear? Oh, it's three. fucking hard. Like <laughs> it's fucking hard unless someone is really like financing you. Yeah. I'll tell you for a fact that. In the beginning, a lot of our money was going into these things and it was bleeding us. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say some things here. <laughs> but no, no, like, it's, it's, it's been bad to the point that, like, I've sold my car before. Mm. I've picked Trotro before. Like, mm. in, in that period of hustling, you understand? But people also see you in time and be like, yo, my stuff fresh. Like, no, come on. Like, we've gone through it. Like, we've gone through it. But our, my advice is that, see, if you can have a source of income that will keep you sane whilst you explore your entrepreneurship dreams. Do it. Do it. I still have a job, me. I still have a nine to five Ooh, job. Whilst I too. do whilst I do jambo. No, I won't come and lie and do like, oh it's hard work. We wake up, we grind. No, yeah. we grind, fine, but I, I still, at the end of the month, I still get my salary. Yeah. And I know that that's what keeps me sane. I'm a family man. I have to pay fees. Yeah. I'm not going to be here and be doing chances. And I'll tell you on this podcast, I'm not even paying myself yet on, mm. on Jumbo. Mm. But it will happen. Like, because even Brand Master, we started like that. Hustling, down and craving from our pockets. And then gradually we could pay ourselves and then increase with time. So... I'll just say that, like, if there's something you do, don't quit your job completely and say, yeah, like... Because, you see, outside the country, it's easy to do that. This is a country where, and before they come at me politically, but it is hard. There's not a lot of support for entrepreneurs. Yeah. There is not a lot of support for entrepreneurs. And you have to figure your way out. So if you have a way that some income is coming from somewhere, it doesn't even have to be a nine-to-five, but if there's some income coming from somewhere... It makes it easier to navigate the entrepreneurship journey because then now you're not doing desperate things. Do you know what it's like when that's the only way you know you'd make money? Yeah. So um, you better be taking anything. You like take I remember anything. when we started Brand My Start, sometimes <laughs> some clients who work for Crown, when we come back to the office, we're like, hey, what is this? Like, because you would end up finishing a project and you realize that you didn't make any money. Yeah. You just the money you spent on transport this just because you're trying to build a relationship with some client and then you accept some job for cheap and it got this we grew to the point that brand myself we don't pitch. We don't pitch again. They come to you. Yeah, like no, like yes. if you come and you want us to pitch, we reject it. Yeah. And I'm not saying it out of um I'm not being is it cocky? I'm not being cocky or anything, but it's because I realized that like the pitch process would take 10 days agency time mm. getting everybody designers copywriters everybody working ignoring other jobs losing money lies whatever paying the salaries and then sometimes you go and pitch and you don't get it because they already know who they're yeah getting or you go and pitch and then they already know who they're going with or you go and pitch and they take your idea and, go and oh, do it that's so one. it just gets to a point where like let's explore and no pitch policy and see mm. and funny enough that made us more money mm. because then if you if you come and we tell you and we give you how we work and you will give you an invoice and we say make a deposit and you make the deposit we, start we know you're a serious client 
So we, you now waste our time. Like time, you can never get time back. Mm. That's something you don't like. Don't mess with time. You can't get it back. You can't get it back. I don't want to say something, but you can't get your time back. So yeah. don't let people waste your time. I'll just say that. Mm. Yeah. If you're starting an entrepreneurship journey, don't let people waste your time. I know you want to do a lot of favors, but a lot of people too are ready to waste your time, especially in this country. Mm. Don't waste your time well, well, knowing that from the beginning that they've come to engage you, from the beginning that they've come to engage you, they know that they're not going to do anything with you, but they will string you along, you will do proposals, you do things, <laughs> you know, sleep. Everyone in the room is this, this, this. Like By the time you are done, yeah. you not make anything, but because you are you are seeing a dream that like, hey, Charlie, this client, he messaged me, like, I'll even do the first one for free. Yeah. That first one for free will be the last one. Because they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, they, no, listen, there are people that know that they have some status, right? Yeah. And when they engage people, they get a lot of free things done. So when they come to you, they know that you are so starstruck at the fact that yeah. this big client or this big whatever company has reached out. So, oh, let me discount it for relationship sake. Or let me do it free for relationship sake. Don't come back. So, yeah, it's hard. Like, I just say, if you can find another way to get some income whilst you chase that dream, do it. I remember when we had that conversation, I think a year or two ago, and we were talking about management for creators. And I was saying that I always advise all creators to manage themselves first. Because the frustration that will come to the person who's managing you, to all, like, and it's not even maybe their fault or not, but like I said to you, it allows you to understand what you even feel like you're willing to do and not do. Mm-hmm. When you have a manager too who wants to be fed, you yeah. want to be fed, yeah. you might end up doing things you would never do if you were just, if you sat back and said, okay, do I want to do this? Yes mm-hmm. or no, let me not compromise on that. Um, and yeah, that's something that we even fight over sometimes. It's like. Sometimes he'll be like, no, I don't want to do this. And me, I think of it like, oh, come on. And we can. And later on, I realized he was right. Like, sometimes oh, you don't need to. Yeah, sometimes you I don't need I think I'm the me. softer one. Like, I'm always, oh, friendship. Oh, my guy. Oh, this person. And then she'll be like, no, we run the business. No, we run the business. Yeah. And then, like, we'll have a fight over that. But, <laughs> no, no, it's normal. Like, yeah. yeah. But if you are, in simple terms, if you are not very hungry you can think like you can make good decisions That's because true. you are not taking the job because you just want to eat you are mm-hmm. taking a job because you, let's say you have a brand to build you have something a direction you're going and then someone will come and try and offer you something which is not in line with your brand but because Charlie if you get some money for your pocket if you so you take it and then you realize that you start diluting the brand and then before you know it I, I can give a lot of examples but they will just come for me but a lot of brands a lot of people entrepreneurs do that like yeah. because they if a chop so I'll just take it and then you see them doing something like ah, what is guy didn't he start like this why is he now doing this or why, why is this company now promoting this yeah but it's just not in line with what they stood for but yeah. because they are hungry but I'm, I also not everybody can get a side job yeah so i won't also talk from a place of privilege if that's the only thing that will make you money Omo, wake up in the morning keep your mind focused don't let don't be um there's someone that i've been watching right trying to build his brand or like a business here and spends half of half of his time like shit. What like it's like when the person makes money, they're just out always balling. 
I know you need to have your, like you need to do uh, how do you call it things for your wellness and everything. But I mean, I, I, the person is in a in a in the line of work that I've been in a couple of years ago, and I and I watch the person and I'm like, you need to be crazy tunnel vision. There's a time that people don't see me out, and it's as if it become part of me. Like I don't go out like I used to anymore. It has just become part of me. I'm not saying don't go out, but I'm just saying that I was so focused on building that dream that like. Weekends gradually, that is like extra time for me. I feel like at that time, everybody has let their guards down and that's when I'm going to go for yeah. So I wake up in the morning and boom, 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 I'm waking up my laptop and in the evening probably I'll just go and relax somewhere. But just keep tunnel vision. Don't let, don't, don't let, don't listen to noise. Don't come online, see what someone is doing and feel like, hey, I have to shift this and be like this too. No, the reason that you set forth, just do like this. <laughs> And then just go, just go, just Streets. go, just go, just go. You lift your head up one day, you realize that Charlie, you're really far ahead and you've yeah. gone so far. Yeah. So just focus if you have no option but to do that. Keep your mind on why you started until you finish it. Um, I just want to say something on the support because I know that's what the com the question was. Um, regardless, Bernard does have a supportive wife. Um, you know, shout out to Kiki and um, my family. No, they weren't maybe supportive at first, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I mean, I think being the oldest, I personally wanted to break out of being a good Ghanaian daughter or a good Ghanaian child. And so that's kind of what um, kind of inspired what like, you know, what I've been trying to do in Ghana. Um, I think a lot of like diaspora, like Ghanaian children, you go through the struggle of your parents have struggled to go to America and they're working hard take you through school, doing this, so you should do what they say. And it took me a long time to try to break free, to let them know that I can also do things my own way and still allow myself to be good. And I think I always tell everyone, at the end of the day, our parents just want to make sure that we can take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, as long as you keep that in mind, whatever they say, it's a lot easier to like absorb and like take in. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I think we've come to the end of the conversation. <laughs> we definitely have another one but yeah this has been great I've enjoyed myself I've learned yeah, a lot I have learned a lot myself too yeah we'll continue off camera you. Jumbo Spaces yeah. <laughs> and please yeah you come to Jumbo Spaces you can find them jumbospaces.com what's it called yeah, yeah, that's the website jumbospaces.com yeah. Jumbo Spaces on all social social media social and also media. stay by plantpod.com yes. and stay by plantpod stay by on all social media yeah. so yeah thank you for joining us and see you in the next one bye, bye. This episode of Stay by Plan was hosted by Afi and Zoo. Production by Afi, Zoo, Senna, and Nikita. Episode was edited and produced by Zoo. Sound design by Senna. Photography and videos by Ellis, Etunam, and Nams. Motion graphics by Eugene. And the intro song is by Lil Kwao.